Hello, everyone. Welcome back to CDCR Unlock Podcast. I'm your host, Sergeant Corey Ringer. Today, I'm joined with Office of Employee Wellness. Joining me again today is Catherine Jew. Hi, Sergeant Ringer. How are you? I'm doing great. My Her Holloway. Hi, Sergeant Ringer. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm excited for today's episode. I'm excited about every episode, but this one especially. Today, we are Brian, uh, joined by Brian Hinton from Savings Plus. All right. Thanks for having us. No, I'm, I'm excited to have you here today. So segments before on wellness, we've gone over what it's like to be new in the department, some of the stressors that come into working in this, this um, you know, career field. Today, we're talking about something that is just as important, not just about the job, but what's going to be the most beneficial when you're done with this job, and that's your financial future down the road in retirement. And that's what Brian's here to discuss with us today. Um, do you want to give us some of your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been with the state a little over 10 years. Actually, I just had my 10-year anniversary in May. Um, and then nine of those 10 years have been with Savings Plus. Awesome. And, um, you know, I came over to Savings Plus because I've always had a, a passion for helping people with their finances. And so we're going to go through and share a little bit here. Um, but I do also just want to say that Savings Plus isn't just for retirement. That's what everyone thinks it is. It is a 401k, it is a 457, but some of the courses that Savings Plus has also deals with personal finance. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be a huge benefit for everybody, mm-hmm. definitely. So, my, uh, or Kat, do you want to start uh, first, or is it mine? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll, I'll have the, um, ask the first question. So, so, Brian, why should a state employee invest with Savings Plus? That's a, that's a great question, and, and there's multiple reasons why someone should, um, but at the end of the day, what we're talking about is retirement, and there is some um, written and unwritten rules in the financial services industry, and one of those rules is in order to come close to maintaining the same lifestyle that you had while you were working, in your retirement years, you should shoot to replace 75 to 90% of your income. And so the main purpose of Savings Plus is to supplement state employees' pension and for those that will have Social Security to supplement that as well. Because for most state employees, the average state employee works for the state between 20 and 25 years. So depending on your classification, if you're non-custody, then most are 2% at something. So we found that most or the average state employee will retire with about 50% of their income, which is falling short of that 75 to 90%. And then if we take into consideration Social Security, that's going to make up some of the shortfall. But again, for most state employees to maintain close to the same lifestyle that they had while they were working, they're going to come up short if they're only relying on Social Security and their pension. So that's why Savings Plus this is so important, is to make up that shortfall. So just a quick follow-up question. Um, if I don't fall in that average, and say I joined the state at a later time in my life, should I still invest with Savings Plus? That's uh, also a great question, and I have people say that to me a lot. As I'm five years from retirement, should I even you know en- enroll? And the way I... I jokingly say this is in the nine years that I've been with Savings Plus, 
I have yet to ever have somebody come up to me that's a state employee and told me that they saved way too much money. <laughs> I so, can understand that. That's a great way to put it. I just saved too much. Right? Yeah, so yeah. even that's if they great. do $100 a month and they do it for five years, that's an extra five to $6,000 that they'll have in an account that they'll have access to in retirement. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I, I think I've heard that from so many people are like, oh, I, I waited too long. There's no point in investing mm-hmm. now. It's like, well, there's always a good time to start. Mm. You know, especially for something towards retirement, like you said, bringing up that gap from possibly 50%, trying to hit that 70 to, to 90% mark, you said. No, that's huge. Right. All right. Next question. What is the difference between the 457 and 401k plans? And exactly. that is the million dollar question. Because <laughs> right. I get that question all the time. So the main difference between the 401k and the 457 comes on the pre-tax side. Because as a state employee in both the 401k and the 457, you could do pre-tax dollars and after-tax dollars, which would be a Roth. But between those two plans, the main difference is on the pre-tax side between the 401k and the 457. And when you have access to that money without being penalized. So for uh, in the 401k, for non-custody staff, they have access to that money as long as they separate at age 55 or older. For custody individuals, the 401k, as long as they separate at age 50 or older, they have access to that money without being penalized. With the 457, whether you're custody or non-custody, you have access to your pre-tax 457 at any age. You just need to be separated from the state. So even if someone comes on board, they start at age 20, they start contributing to their pre-tax 457, and they separate from the state for whatever reason, maybe go to the private sector or to go work for the city or county, even though they're only 30, they've separated from the state. So if they need some of that money from their pre-tax 457, they can access that money without being penalized. But they do need to be separated from the state. So is... one of those better than the other just because it is kind of, you know being brand new to the state perhaps and not really knowing a whole lot um what is your biggest piece of advice to somebody who is looking at both options i i see a for most younger individuals that are starting the state i think they just they like the idea of a little more flexibility that the 457 would give them mm-hmm. on the pre-tax side um with the the roth So if someone comes in and they like to have more after-tax income, meaning they're going to have more tax-free income in retirement, then they would be doing the Roth, but the IRS has different rules with the Roth. So in both the Roth 401k and the Roth 457, the IRS stipulation is is you do not have access to that money Mm -hmm. until you are uh, 59 and a half and older and separated from the state. If you're still working for the state, you do have access to that money if you're over 59 and a half. But for most people, that's the main is uh, the main uh, characteristic of it is that they have to have the money in their account for five years and 59 and a half before they have access to it. I see. Okay. Got you. No, it's good for people to know. I, I, I'm glad you asked that question, Kat, because it's always hard, like, you know, especially when people are starting a family, trying to buy a home or do whatever, it's always... I know a lot of people either do one or do the other and because they can put a larger chunk into one versus splitting that, that chunk into multiples. But as long as they're 
putting that money away into into one or both of them, it's going to pay dividends down the road. Absolutely. And yeah. if you're trying to just make a decision, if you're looking at this long term, just make a decision. Yeah. You're not going to make a bad decision if this is for your retirement. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good, especially for newer staff starting out. Like, you know, you get your step wages and, you know, you get an increase as you go along until you're done with your two-year probation, especially for the custody side of it. Um, it's good just to take a portion of that that raise and tuck it away. That's so great advice to go through. Yeah, and when you do, when you are making a choice to contribute, there's two options of how much to contribute. Mm-hmm. You can either do a flat dollar amount or you could also do a percentage of your pay. So that uh, if you're doing a percentage of your pay, say you do 3%, well then every promotion that you get, every pay raise you get, your in your contributions to Savings Plus are automatically going to go up because it's a percentage of your overall income. Well, oh, that's great. What I've found is a lot of individuals will start at $50 a month or $100 a month, and that's great that they've started but then they get so distracted with life that they forget to go in and make those right. increased contributions because they actually have to manually go in there and or calls our customer service department to get that increase. Are you able to make an increase at any time? You can you can put the request in to make it any time. Um, you don't have to wait till open enrollment or anything okay. like that. But you just have to understand that the to be able to get the information through where most people get paid through the state controller's office is it takes about a month and a half for it to be updated because of our paychecks. So you're able to make the increase, but could you also decrease that amount at any time as well? Absolutely. Okay. And the same thing stands. So if, if you are doing $100 a month and you want to reduce it down to 50 you could do it. You just have to understand it might take a pay and a half or paycheck and a half for that to go through. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we hear a lot about 401ks, and I'm glad we're talking about the 457. If I don't have a 457, how do I get one? How do I sign up for one? Yeah, another great question. You guys are giving real real good questions today. Um, <laughs> and try and keep you on your toes. <laughs> and you are. Um, so if you if you have a 401k and you want to do a 457, then you can, you can do that online. You just go to your account, which is savingsplusnow.com, um, soon as you get an account, I highly recommend get in, create your online account. It's a way for you to make automated changes um, and then also a way to increase your contributions. Uh, and that's where you would do that as well. If you have a 457 and you want to do a 401k, you could do that through your contributions part of your online site. Excellent. Thank you. Absolutely. So I have a question because you brought it up earlier, either doing the set dollar amount per month or doing the percentage, which one I have an opinion, which is, I think it's better to do the percentage because it goes up whether you raise and increase and you know, everything, it's going to go up. And again, it's one of those things that if you forget about it, at least it's been growing with you. Um, is that more beneficial to people you think, or do a lot of people not know that that's an option that they can do a percentage or just a dollar amount? Well, if it depends on how you're enrolling, um, but they're, they're always given that option. Yeah. So if they're filling out the actual enrollment form, it gives you the choice. Do you want to do a flat dollar amount or do you want to do a percentage of your pay? Yeah. If you're enrolling online, the same thing. It's going to give you that option. Do you want to do a flat dollar amount or percentage of pay? Long term, I would say that a percentage of pay would probably be more beneficial for yeah. most people 
because they are automatically increasing their contributions. Yeah, and it's money that you're you're never going to see under your paycheck, so you get used to what's what's on there as well. And I I I never thought to do that. I think I've always just done the you know dollar amount, which I've had to go in and changes of you know moved up or as raises have come in, I've had to be cognizant and be like, oh, I need to go in and change it. But it, like a year has gone by versus before it would have just moved with me um, as far as growth. So that's that's a huge benefit. Is there something that shows them what that would be on the website or is that math they, they have to do on their own to it, show them what the It would be math is? they'd have to do themselves. Yeah. So, so they would take their gross pay if yeah. they're going to do the pre-tax and then, you know, just take whatever 3% of their gross amount and that's what it would be. Okay. Um, and then they have to understand also is if you're doing pre-tax, a lot of people do the pre-tax 401k and the 457 because they want to reduce their taxable income in, yeah. the, in the year they're making the contribution. Yeah. Um, so that's how you would do that part. If you're doing the after tax, like a Roth, that's going to impact your take home pay dollar for dollar. So if you're doing a pre-tax, rough numbers are if you contribute $100 pre-tax, mm -hmm. it's only going to impact your take-home pay from about $75 because it is reducing your taxable income. Right. But if you do the Roth and you do $100 because it's after tax, it's going to impact your take-home pay by $100. So you just have to, again, make the decision, are you doing pre-tax or are you doing Roth? Yeah. Well, it's huge benefits for people. I, again, I... I don't think I even remember seeing that, but it, it was a long time ago when I signed up for it all, so I don't know if it was as automated as it is now. Um, but, yeah, I think I just did a flat, you know, hey, dollar amount per month goes into it, which is great. kind of wish now I had done the, uh, the percentage. I kind of wish I'd done percentage. I do that myself. Yeah, yeah everyone's <laughs> like, well, I'm going to be switching over to percentage now and, and going up from there, especially towards the, the I want to say, later years in, in CDCR, but, yeah, they're, they're ticking away quickly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I do have a question about yeah. um, if, if, if you say custody staff were to change institutions or come to um, just another work site or for non-custody, if they were to move around within CDCR, does the 457 move around with you or do I have to re-up it, re-update my profile or uh, my contributions? As long as you're still a state employee and you haven't left the state, if you go from one facility to another, um, it'll just continue to go the way it's going, but you're, um, it's just based on your paycheck. I see. So if you were already doing $100 a month, everything is tied between the uh, HR um, benefits and the state controller's office. So if there was a maybe a one month that didn't go through, then once you get your new paycheck, it'll automatically continue to, to move forward. Excellent. Yeah. And you. so that's obviously, and that's state employment. So even if they change from CDCR to another state service, as long as it's state service, everything will transfer and, and move along with them. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's until they sever state service. Okay. I don't work for, you know, California as a state anymore. I work for a private agency. Then it would be different. And okay. even then, if you do, you know, separate from the state, you don't have to do anything because it'll automatically go through the what I would call the back office part where it's showing that that uh, participant is no longer with the state, which means the, will, the contributions will automatically stop. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Oh, that's good information. So I know the contributions are different for custody and non-custody. Um, so what if you have a staff member that's custody and going changing positions to the non-custody side or a non-custody staff member that's going to the custody side, um, 
how does that work? Well, it'll be based, based off of designation. Okay. So within, again, part of the back office part, it'll be, it'll be designated if they're custody or non-custody. Um, so the, the pension part is completely different. And that's another segue that I'll, I'll actually bring yeah. up really quick is a lot of times people um, or uh, state employees, when they come on board, when they look at their paycheck, they'll see a line item that says retirement, which is on the right-hand side of the paycheck where all their other deductions are coming out. And so they automatically think that they're putting money into Savings Plus because they see the line item that says retirement. But that line item is how much you're contributing to your pension, mm -hmm. not Savings Plus. So mm -hmm. even time, you know, we have a lot of time uh, that people feel that they're contributing to Savings Plus, but they're not. So we have to make sure, and this is, again, a great time for me to just to add that, is people need to understand oh. that they have their pension mm -hmm. In order to do Savings Plus, that's a voluntary where they actually have to go and automatically, they have to do that themselves. Okay. But the pension is automatic, you know, once they I think start. it's on the left side, too. It is. <laughs> it is. It's on the left side. For people listening, if you look at your check and it's in the right column with every other deduction, it's not going into a 457 or 401k. That's your retirement, you know, that you're paying into your pension. It's on, there's a little box on the left. Right. And it should be in there. So. And what is the name of that line item? Well, if, it, if it's with Savings Plus, it'll either say 401k, 457. If they're doing the Roth, it'll say 457 Roth or 401k Roth. But yeah, and it's good that you also say that because another question I get from a lot of people is, does, if, especially someone coming from like the private sector, yeah. they ask, does the state match their 401k? Well, it, it would be nice, but it would be great. <laughs> the reason why I have to explain it to them is because of what you just said. Yeah. The state doesn't match the 401k because they're putting money into our pension for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of people like, hey, do you guys have a matching 401k? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> I wish we did. We're, <laughs> we don't have that. And once you get your first paycheck and you look at that left hand side, you're going to realize that it's even better than a match. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. Great. It's a great program. Um, what are some of the reasons that say, for example, I'm going through a, a financial hardship mm -hmm. and I have been putting in savings plus for, I don't know, about eight years now since I've been started with the state. Can I access or what reasons do I have to have enable to enable me to access what's in my savings plus? So there's, there's two ways that somebody who's currently working can access their funds. Um, and they're, it, they're described differently depending on which plan you have. So one of the plans, it could be a hardship, and then the other plan, it would be an emergency. So it just depends, and you actually have to come and, and share with us what that hardship is or what that emergency is. And then if you're going through it and it gets approved, then you can access that money. You wouldn't be penalized, but you would be taxed on it because if, if the money was in pre-taxed, of course, um, another way a lot of people access their money while they're still working is you could take a loan against your 401k or your 457. So then it depends on why are you taking the loan. If it's just a general purpose loan, you can borrow up to 50% of your balance with a maximum of 50000 um, And that can be used for a general purpose, meaning I'm just going to borrow money. I don't have to explain why I'm borrowing it. I'm just going to borrow it. And then the maximum payback um, is five years. We do have an option also where for a first-time home buyer, 
if they want to borrow money against their 401k and their 457, they can, but it has to be proven to us that that's why they're using the money. And when I say proven, it's almost like you're going through the process of a loan. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever bought a home before, it's a lot of paperwork. That's a lot yeah. of paperwork. <laughs> so all I'm, I'm picturing is like this huge stack of papers right. that yes. I have to sign each one and go through. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to show us that to actually show you are going to buy a home and you're going to be using the funds. And it has to be your last option. So it because this is we're talking about your retirement. Right. So this so. should be used for retirement, but there are other benefits that can be used. And one of the benefits, if you do qualify to use this as a first time home loan, the benefit of it is it's a 15 year payback instead of a five year payback. Oh, wow. Which oh. just well, means that excellent. the payment would be lower mm -hmm. because it's over 15 years versus five. That's, that's excellent. I was going to say, I think I, I'm pretty sure I borrowed against my 457 when I purchased my first home. Yeah. And it got me just enough money to where it was exactly what we needed for all the closing costs and all the expenditures and all that. It worked out really well. Yeah. And then another side note, um, you can only borrow against your pre-tax dollars. So if you, have, if you only have a Roth and you've never put money into a pre-tax, because again, IRS, you're not able to borrow against your, your Roth account. Okay. Excellent. Thank what's you. the um just as a question, what's the interest rate normally like on that that loan from basically your own money? What's the interest rate like? It's t it's tied to uh, what's called prime. Okay. So if you you can look up and see what the prime rate is and so it's prime plus 1. So okay. if the prime rate is 4, then you would go prime 4% plus 1, so your interest rate would be 5%. But the thing is you're paying yourself back. Right. That's the one of the benefits of borrowing against your retirement is you're not paying back a bank. You're paying back yourself that interest. So okay. that's, that's one of the big benefits. And do those payments come directly out of the paycheck, or is it like a separate payment? It used to. Um, it used to come out of your paycheck, um, and there were some challenges when that happened because when somebody separated and they still had a outstanding loan, because it was coming out of their paycheck, they would either have to pay it off in lump sum, um, or they would have to, what I, it sounds like a, a derogatory, but they would have to basically uh, just walk away from the loan, basically. I see. Which then, it's not, when I say derogatory, it's not against their uh, credit score or anything like that. It just means mm -hmm. if I have an outstanding loan of $10,000 and I default on it, Again, it's not going to impact my credit score, but now that $10,000 that I still owe is now considered income. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the downside of it. So because of that, now all the loan payments come out of the individual's page, uh, I'm sorry, the checking account or savings account. Got oh. it. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was going to say, mine just came out of, out of my, you mm -hmm. know, my check. It would show a deduction, 457, and then the loan amount. That's good to know, though, now that it does come from from an actual checking account. Right. And so because it's coming from a checking account now and people who separate from the state or retire from the state and they still have an outstanding balance, they can continue to make a payment because it's now coming out of their checking account. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Oh, okay. That's great to know. Yeah. So what is the minimum monthly contribution amount? Great question. So the minimum amount is $25. And I, I always just say, I think everybody should try to put as much money as they possibly can. 
even if it's $25 initially, try to do that because over time that's going to compound. And like I said, nobody's ever come up to me and said that they save too much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. something is better than nothing come retirement time. Yeah. I want that problem down the road though. Yeah. I, do too. I want that problem where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I save too much. <laughs> Gosh, I can just go do anything I want to go do. And that's, uh, that's one thing I'm really glad about this conversation is, you know, retirement's the ultimate goal for everybody. And it's retire when you want to, and it's the financial freedom to understand that I don't have to go get another job. If I do, it's because I just want something to do. Right. And that's the, the biggest benefit to the retirement. Any money you can put away is a, is a huge benefit that I can retire. We can travel if we want to. We can, you know, spoil the grandkids, which it seems like every one of mine do that. Um, almost a little too much. <laughs> but it's it's that financial freedom because you've already, you've already worked. Right. And that's the whole point of going to work is there's an end date that... I just want to be free of it all, not have to worry about it. So, no, great conversation, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you because, you know, at OEW, we always talk about wellness and what that means. And um, we teach about how wellness can include so many other things. But we talk about financial wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness, physical wellness. And so it's really important that uh, we plan for retirement, but also to be well or pursue to be well right now to establish that financial wellness and taking some of these savings plus classes and courses about how to be financially literate, Mm -hmm. um, how Mm -hmm. to invest, how to save money so that maybe you don't have to wait to retirement to take those trips, but you can enjoy that time off now. And how do you, how do you do that without emptying your account? Right. And Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you put that up because, you know, uh, financial wellness is just like any other wellness. And if you're, if you're stressed, whether you're stressed about an ailment or you're stressed about your finance, it's still stress. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it, Savings Plus, their focus is for retirement, but we do have, I think, close to 20 webinars that we have right now. Um, and some of those are Finance 101, where it goes through the bas- basics of um, creating a budget, eliminating debt, saving, and investing. So it's not just retirement, and I highly recommend people go out there because the courses are free, and most of the courses are during lunchtime. Uh, so an individual can hop on, register for one of our workshops, also through savingsplusnow.com, where they can go and register for those. Um, but it does walk through from Finance 101, where I just said, you know, eliminating debt, mm-hmm. budgeting, and then I know it's not a very unique Uh, second course but it's finance 2.0 and finance 2.0 goes a little bit more in detail about how to eliminate debt we talk about fico scores so Mm -hmm. again it's not just retirement and i think it's that's part of that wellness you know i've i have my degree in psychology and i still feel like i'm helping people because what do they say? Well, unfortunately, half of marriages end in mm-hmm. divorce, mm-hmm. but 80% of those 50 that end, or a lot of that, 80% of it's due to financial reasons yeah. because of that stress of either having too much debt or whatever it may be. So I feel like when I do help and I do those courses, then I might be saving a marriage at the same time. Absolutely. Oh, I like 100%. that. It's <laughs> yeah. a great tie into it. It is, it is true. I don't think I've ever been more stressed out when it's something financial. Because it just, it impacts so much. Like, I want to take a vacation. I want to go do these things. I want to, you know, just, but you can't because financially it's looming. Every time you go to the, especially like, you know, the gas pumps right now, 
you pump gas in a new car and you're like, okay, I might not be able to top off the tank this month. And mm-hmm. that's, that just puts a different level of stress on people. I think financial hardship or financial problems than, than I've ever seen on, onto some people. And that's why you see a lot of people doing the mandatory overtime right. and just nonstop working and, um, now to stock money away for retirement mm-hmm. though. Yeah. And I do the, the, the one that I'm the one that presents the finance 101 and the finance 2.0 and in the finance 101 class, I actually talk about from the research that I've done is that most mm-hmm. Americans are not on track to reach yep. their retirement goal. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, most Americans don't have the B word. They don't have a budget. So uh, it, because of my degree in psychology, I started thinking, is there a correlation there? Is there a correlation between most Americans not retiring and most Americans not having a budget? Now, I'm not yeah. saying in order to retire, you need to have a budget, but it just really made me think, is there a correlation there? Right. And so I, I do believe that if somebody is able and a family do this together, where they do have a budget, then they start finding ways to put more money towards their retirement, ultimately. I definitely see it going here. It's like like anything else, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. And a plan comes with knowing what you can and can't spend or what you can and can't do. And the problem is like a lot of credit cards do, where it's, (laughs) you pay it off and they're like, hey, we upped your limit. You're like, well, it was 25 grand before. Now we're offering you 50 and it's so easy to be like, well, yeah, and it's 25% yeah. interest. Yeah, yeah that's it. When I mean, you read the fine print, you're like, do not sign up. But right. no, it's, you know, I could definitely see the correlation between those two of yeah. not, not having a budget and not retiring with the wealth that you were anticipating because of choices made before. So are these uh, workshops recorded or do I have to sign up and where do I sign up? I, I would recommend doing the live course just because you're, you're being able to get questions and be able to ask questions as well. Um, so most of the courses are about 45 minutes of content with another 15 minutes or so of Q&A time. So that's how I would recommend doing it is go and again, you can register for the classes on savingsplusnow.com. Um, and then just find where it says education. And then there's, like I said, there's, I believe now we're close to 20 different webinars and workshops. And I do also, part of my job um, is in the education and outreach. And ultimately savings, I believe Savings Plus does a great job, but if you don't know about it, then you don't know about it. Exactly. And so we really want to, and one of our main uh, goals is to do outreach. CDCR, as you all know, is the largest department in the state, and we don't want those people to be forgotten about. So that's why we want to come out and do either workshops, table visits, you know, whatever it may be, one-on-ones to bring this information to our staff. And I, I believe CDCR and Savings Plus has been doing a great job of getting the information out. But again, knowledge is power, um, and using what you learned is even more powerful. Absolutely. So if someone wanted to reach out to you to request a presentation for their staff, how do they do that? Great question. So there's multiple ways that you can go and find. So again, through savingsplusnow.com, you go to up at the top, you go to contact us. And then the next window that opens up, it's a list of our uh, retirement specialists. And each retirement specialist covers uh, multiple counties. So if you're in Southern California and say you're in Los Angeles, 
Well, Jasmine Bauer is your local retirement specialist. So you can reach out to her and uh, schedule a one-on-one, -on -one, or you can even request her to come out. And so that was just one example. But if you go to savingsplusnow.com, go to contact us, you'll see a list of all the field reps. Excellent. And, yeah. and, and I've done this, you know, most people, because I, I do a lot of the one-on-ones and, and I'm also doing stakeholder outreach. You could also email me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Hinton, H-I-N-T-O-N at uh, calhr.ca.gov. Now, I know I probably just opened myself up. To <laughs> so you, get ready. I hope you're ready for about five or six, <laughs> 700 emails. I think it's been really great because, you know, as we, as you know, the partnership with uh, Office of Employee Wellness and Savings Plus, and we started sending out the emails with the 20-minute uh, the one-on-one consultations, and they have been so beneficial and I know staff are really genuinely excited about them they're constantly filling up every time we send out the emails and so we just really thank you and um, everyone over at Savings Plus for opening that door for our staff to connect with you and learn more about retirement it's I know I learned a lot just sitting here <laughs> today. There's things I did not know. I've got mental notes right now. Yeah, Wanted to dude. change that dollar amount to percentage. Yes, percentage. Yeah. That's going to happen. Me too. Well, and the other the other part of it is again is just getting this out. And as much as we have done this, we've been doing the one on ones going on four years now. Yeah. Um, and when you think about it, we've have impacted a lot of people, but we're still less than five thousand people that we've actually met with. And what there's close to sixty-seven thousand <laughs> CDCR yeah. staff, so we yeah, still have just a on big the custody side. Just on the custody side, non-custody, it's it's even larger mm -hmm. number. There's a there's a ton of staff. Yeah, so we've got a big mountain to climb, but we're you know we appreciate the the relationship as well, and we're going to keep on doing these one-on-ones. But for those of you that are in a decision-making role, um, we highly, highly recommend and totally appreciate reaching out to us and giving us that opportunity to come share this information yeah. um, because you, you you as the decision maker can really be a hero to a family because it's, it is it's wellness and again it's retirement and if somebody doesn't know about it you could be that person to help get us in, in, involved get the the uh, staff member involved again it's not just about retirement but at the end of the day that is this main function of Savings Plus. Yeah. No, it's, it's invaluable information. Like I said, I, I learned through word of mouth of other people that were, they were getting close to retirement. And it's kind of weird to, to say that I was taking financial advice from, you know, people that were in the same rank or same as me. But, you know, you just, you hear about it. Like, oh, you need to open a 457, do this, do that. I'm like, okay, like taking notes. And I have no idea if that person's financially savvy or not. Um, so that's my big thing is rely on the experts. Yeah. You know, people that do this for a living, that's where you need to go. And word of mouth, it's not bad, but it's may not always be the best advice. Reach out to professionals, reach out to savings plus. Yeah. It's, it's not retirement's not a cookie cutter thing. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, you know, you might be a brand new individual looking at somebody who's been with the state or in your department, which is yeah. great looking at them for information, but they, because they're closer to retirement and you're just starting, 
you don't necessarily want to take 100% of their advice because yeah. they may be in a different place than you are. Yeah. So that was a great point. Yeah, it's a whole different window they're looking through than yours. Right. So, yeah. Great. So is there anything else before we uh, end today? Is there anything else you'd like to share about Savings Plus or well, think that our staff and family or anyone else listening to this need to know? I, I think the main thing is take take responsibility. This is your retirement. You know, we are here. We've done a lot of the, the one-on-ones. There's so much information out there, um, but we do need to take responsibility for our accounts mm-hmm. and ourselves and our retirement. And so we are here um, for multiple ways for individuals to return, to uh, um, understand their retirement, to get on track financially. Um, you know, you had, you had mentioned earlier um, that Mo, it, there's actually another saying is most people don't plan to fail. Yep. They fail yeah. the plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whether you're five years from retirement or 25 years from retirement, get start getting the information now. Start making some type of movement towards your retirement. Um, you know, because I think we all, the older individuals, I'll put myself in there, you know, I'm fi- I'll be 52 this year. I, that's why I do this because I would have liked to have been in a, yeah. in a well, you know, a lot better position myself if I would have taken even just small steps. So if the younger individuals take that small step, even if it's $25, $50 a month, yeah. you will be glad that you did that. Right. And that's the, I think the biggest benefit for me is that, you know, like I said, I'm, we talked off, off mic about it, you know, trying to teach my kids about financial and here's the reason why you do these things. Here's the benefit. This is an asset. This is a, a liability mm-hmm. trying to teach at such a young age. Cause it's things not taught in school. Right. And a lot of people think, you know, uh, if you get a job with a pension, that's all you need, you're going to retire. But I don't know what future expenses look like down the road. Right. There were people that retired and thought 500 bucks a month for the rest of my life. I'm set. That was great for that time, but times change and you always want to have that, that cushion that, I'm going to have my, my pension, but I also have something else to make up for whatever, whatever might happen. And that's always the, what could happen. It's Murphy's law. Mm-hmm. You know, I just replaced a water heater and uh, did some other stuff. I wasn't expecting that, those expenses, but these things come up and financially when you retire, you're on a set income. Right. And that's why you want to set it up now where if I want to work, it's because I want to, not because I have to. That's what my goal is. And sure for everyone that works in the CDCR family and that's what we want is you to retire when you want to and you don't have to work again if you don't want to right so but I want to thank you guys um, a lot for everything you do at Savings Plus for people and hopefully you'll we'll see if your email blows up now <laughs> since I you really put it hope on it does. I hope it does <laughs> I hope it does he's going to get back to work and be like well there's like a thousand emails sitting okay. there come on pull the podcast pull yeah. the podcast <laughs> no, I think it's going to be great it, the more people that reach out the better because then they can take true knowledge from, you know, the experts that do this for a living and then filter that around the institutions or the office, wherever people work. They're going to filter true information and the reasons behind it. And then those people can reach out and contact. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. And, um, you know, Catherine, my thank you again so much for Office of Employee Wellness and everything that, that your uh, division does. It's a huge benefit to staff. So thank, thank you for you being guys. here. Thanks for having us. It's Absolutely. been a great conversation. Yeah. Oh. And we definitely appreciate the relationship with CDCR. So thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you. 
All right, and everybody, and again, thank you for listening to CCR Unlocked Podcast.